if we can help small businesses get stronger and healthier, that we all win. Like we all win. I think everyone should have wealth because I think then once that worries off our mind, it allows us to address for me, surely the most important parts mm -hmm. of life, which is life itself, relationships, those elements. Growing a successful trades business isn't about you being the best on the tools. It's about how you profit, plan, prepare and prosper so you can create a business that supports you and your family. Welcome to Profit First for Tradies. I am your host, Katie Krismali Marshall, and this is the podcast for tradies who are ready to transform their business from a cash-eating monster to a money-making machine. Let's dive in. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me here today, Mike. I know it's you're wrapping up your day, so thank you for squeezing me in. For those who aren't aware of who you are, which I'm sure there's very few of them, quick wrap up of who you are, what you do. Sure. And I, I couldn't think of a better way to end the day. This is fun, Katie. So thank you for the invite. No worries. And for those who don't know me, which I presume is a majority, I am a small business author. My most popular book is called Profit First. I've written uh, seven titles now. And I'm on a mission to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. I, I'm a business owner. I still am today. I've been a business owner and entrepreneur my entire adult life. And I've found that most entrepreneurs struggle unnecessarily. And I'm committed to fix that for as many people as I can touch. Awesome. And I have a little bit of a confession, I guess. So your mission to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. When I first come across you when Profit First was first released back in 2017, I believe. Yeah. I actually thought that that was a big, bold statement that how could that ever, ever be achieved? And then I read more into Profit First and then I met you and then I realized that you absolutely believe that is achievable and we are doing that. So I completely was flipped on that. I was like, oh, that can't oh, happen. I love it. And now I'm like, oh, yes, that's what we do every day with Profit First. You know, it's, it's a one person at a time thing. and you, Katie, have written a book on this subject. And the impact that that book has had is extraordinary. It's touched people that you may never have the privilege to meet in your life. And I've had the same experience with my book. And, and there's so many people moving this forward. There was some research that really touched me. There's 310, now I think it's 320 million small businesses globally. And the US measurement, US dollars, is $25 million in annual revenue or less represents a small business. I think it represents 95 or 96% of all business is small business. Like that, that is us. It is the economy. It's small business. Most of us are struggling and there's been different research and so forth, but it's undeniable that most businesses don't succeed in a sustainably financially healthy way. It's, it's check to check survival. It's highly stressful. Ironically, it's the things that we aspire to have through business, financial freedom, personal freedom that, that we don't get. And I lived that for a long period of time in my own life. It became this reset. I've concluded for, for myself, perhaps for you, for most of the folks listening, maybe for all of us, I, I don't know, but I believe that the most challenging parts of our life can be a gift and that we may draw a line in the sand and say, I'm never ever 
gonna allow this to happen to myself again, and I'm not gonna allow it to happen to people that I come in touch with. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so driven to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty, to get the message of profit first and mother work out there so that entrepreneurs don't struggle. It's so unnecessary. Exactly. What I would also love is how long you worked on Profit First, the concept and the research before even writing the book and that process. Because what I feel some people think is all of a sudden you just write a book or you just do this thing. And oh, right, it, was really, right, right. it was really easy for you. And it was, you know, you were lucky and all of those things. So I really love it, like a bit of an overview of a time frame. It wasn't just something you kind of plucked out of thin air. No, no. And, you know, and Profit First is rooted in established mechanisms. It's just a new flavor of something that works in the past. I find most of the profound ideas on this planet are ideas that have proven to work and are reestablished in a new way that serves in a new way. So it's rooted in the pay yourself first principle that's been around since BC. You know, when you have income, take a portion of that money, hide it away for your future, and what's left over is what you live off of. And repeat. Well, I was like, oh, that's one process and others that I can translate into business applications and service. Well, it was in 2008 that I really went through my own financial purgatory. I lost all my money out of arrogance, ignorance. And there's more to it, but I won't belabor the story. But what I endeavored was I got to figure out how to fix myself financially, personally. And I also realized, my gosh, if my business is not financially healthy, how can I personally be financially healthy or vice versa? Yeah. If if my business is financially strong, but I'm personally struggling, I'm going to siphon that from the business. So I need to get both right. So 2008, I started to play with the system. I codified it, meaning I, I broke it down into bite-sized pieces so I could understand, but also teach it. I wrote an article for the Wall Street Journal. I don't remember when that came out, but let's say it was 2010. Further test the system. You know, it was around 2017. The book comes out. So th- this is a process from me experimenting with it, which actually even started before 2008. My first book, which was The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur in 2008, I already talk about the Profit First Principle. It's referenced in that book. Mm-hmm. But I already started to teach it, but at a very basic level, I hadn't wrapped my hands around it. For most of the books I write, it takes me minimally five years of research, testing, modifying, and then documenting. Mm-hmm. Profit First may have been the 10-year one. I, you know, I can't wrap my hands around it exactly, but it's a long process. One thing that's interesting is some people come to me and I, I used to feel, oh my gosh, if I start sharing this, like I wrote the article in the Wall Street Journal or whatever, someone else is going to grab it and then they're going to run with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a possible, there's, that possibly could happen. But what I find is most people are working on their own stuff. Yeah, they're, they're glomming and taking ideas elsewhere. That's what I did. I researched out what worked for eons and how do I translate that. But ultimately, when it comes out from our voice, when you really have to figure out the entirety of the system and put it in a book, and have all the elements work together, rarely someone else is going to rip that off. It's hard to. They may rip it off after the book's produced, but in the production. So I've become pretty confident in sharing what I know as I go along. And then it helps me get feedback on what's working. That Wall Street Journal article, I got so many people responding to me saying, this is amazing, but also some people saying, this isn't working for me. I'm struggling here. And I was able to engage an audience long, long before the book ever even existed. And I think that's really key that business owners also fall into the trap that they make a change in their business and it should have an immediate effect and everything is solved. Nothing happens or very little happens immediately. It is that we have to do our research, decide what's going to work, test it, measure it, and then stick to the process, which is something that 
Profit First does when I talk to clients. I'm like, this is your financial system in your business. If you've got systems for all other parts of your business, why do we not have a financial system, that process that you just run time and time again? And those who stick to it, as you would know, have huge changes and see huge changes in not only their business, but also their personal finances and their personal life. And obviously, the health of our business owners is something that suffers the most, I think, Mm. from the financial aspect and people tend to not kind of put two and two together until it's too late. And at the moment, I'm seeing a lot of last year, and I'm not sure if you've seen this in those you've spoken to as well, last year was kind of our first full year after COVID and everybody is exhausted (laughs) and absolutely had a break over Christmas. So we usually have sort of two, four week break over Christmas. Coming back to into the new year, and we, everyone's not filled with a bunch of energy again. We've still kind of got this hangover. And for the trade space, business is pretty good. Like it's not yeah. difficult to get work, no. um, but money's still tight. There's no cash in the yeah. bank and everybody's exhausted. And so those who are running profit first, obviously, are not as affected, which is very nice. I love getting those emails and messages from clients. I love that. I love that you get those. Oh, it's the best. And I'm so, I'm just as excited when I get one. If I got one today, I'm just as excited as I was with my first in every one. Like, as you say, it's just one person at a time, one family at a time. I think, you know, I think what you are doing, what we are doing is, is being of service to humanity. Like, when I talk to people, one of, not necessarily the only, but one of the biggest stressors is inadequate finances. I don't have enough money. Mm. That puts massive stress on people. And I also think it's kind of interesting that, you know, businesses are, as a trader, you can't get more demand than you have right now. It's happening here in the US too. Mm. Massive demand. And yet businesses are still not profitable. Something doesn't compute. You, you can't get more demand to be profitable. So mm. that can't be the solution. And I, I'm emphatic that profit first will serve most, perhaps all those businesses. It's not the perfect solution for everyone, mm. but it sets up a behavioral intercept, meaning it allows you to behave a certain way, to log into those bank accounts, and it's perfect for those people. But what's interesting is, back to the point of being of service, is it's also a selfish interest, at least of mine. Every time I get an email or a communication that Profit First has served them, I'm like, oh, our economy's gotten better. The global mm. economy is getting better. And I know that comes back to me. You and I and all the other profits professionals are, who are helping the world in this, if we can help small businesses get stronger and healthier, that we all win. Like we all win. Mm. And I know it's so grand to say we're saving the world, not actually avoid those terms, but we are impacting the world. Mm. There's no question in my mind. And, and that's why I too am excited with every email that comes in. And I'm not sure if you're the same, but for me also the thought of never knowing how many people I actually impact really excites me. Like there'll be a whole bunch of people who read my book or your book and implement it themselves and they will never reach out to me and they may not mention it to, you know, I may not come across that feedback and the fact that there's people out there that I don't even know and won't ever know. It's amazing. It's like, it's, that is probably and it's, it's interesting because for me, I like to measure everything. Like I'm a numbers chick. Sure. I like to be able to measure everything. And that is the one thing that I will never be able to measure. And it's one of the things that just is so exciting to know that. So exciting. 
I'll never forget when you were sitting at that deli kind of restaurant, right? We're sitting there. It's kind of high tables. I remember. And you're like, I got to write a book. And uh, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, you need to write this. Like, like, it was pretty clear that in that moment, it was a done deal. You were going to do this. And I saw in you this light of impact you can have. Mm. To see it manifest is, is just amazing. Ironically, I think that's the greatest gift to your point, is touching someone that you'll never know you touched and served. There's a beauty in that. I also think what you've created, I've created, these are things that live beyond our active input. Like, we don't, there'll be a point where we're no longer on this planet, but the book will. That method will be out there. And now this becomes a generational thing. And sure, someone's going to pick up the ball and run with it further. We're not going to run our business through banks forever. There's going to be something new, maybe it gets teleported somehow. But you and I, and everyone that's written books, everyone that's teaching this is, is creating something that is it's going to continue on. It has a permanence beyond us needing to be this one-on-one consultant. I love that. And coming back to that lunch that we had in Melbourne, um, when we had, we'd been talking about it and Laura, CEO of Profit First Australia here, had called us and said, time's up, we needed to go back. And I remember yeah. vividly, you looked at me and you're like, you should write the Profit First for Tradies book. I looked at you and thought you had lost your mind. I'm like, oh my gosh, Mike Michalowicz has just lost the plot. And then I saw you were dead serious. And then I was like, I'm writing the book. Like it was yeah. in that quicker instance. I was like, in that, like yeah, I remember that. there was no doubt you were doing this. No. And I was like, okay, okay. And I'm so grateful you have. Like, oh. Yeah, I'm so grateful you have. So thank you for how you're serving our community. And selfishly, I'm benefiting. The more successful trades are in Australia, the more people are going to travel to the United States. Some of those people are going to come to good old New Jersey and spend some money in our economy here. And somehow I'm going to be a beneficiary. It's just, it's just how the world works. Mm. And uh, so thank you. Thank My you. Pleasure. My pleasure. Speaking of books, your next yeah. one that is due out, when is that due? And what is it called? January 2nd, a very specific date on okay. 2024. Here, here's what's crazy. I'm done writing it. It's done. A whole draft. I'm very proud of this book. I love the stories in it. I'm so excited. It's still a year away. Now, time time flies like this. Mm. But the nature of publishing, I do traditional publishing. So I have a yes. penguin. There's supply chain. There's so much stuff going on. Mm. It's a year away. And I, oh God, I'm chomping at the bit to share this. But I also realize this is the nature of it. So it's ready. It's coming. And it's called All In. And the subtitle is How Great Leaders Build Unstoppable Teams. Mm, I love that. What I do is I get to query my readers. People email me regularly stuff. And one of those common questions I ask them, where are you stuck now? What's the challenge now? And recruiting, particularly in this environment, is so hard. Retaining people is so hard. And uh, my approach is, well, okay, if it's not working the way we're doing it, maybe there's a different way to do it. And I've, I've discovered some new techniques, new approaches the more interviewing, I think there's something far superior as an example that can bring on better talent faster and elevate any, everyone in the process. So these are ideas I've extracted. And no surprise, it's not stuff I just made up and said, let's give us a shot. I've been doing research over quite a few years now and discovered organizations, not necessarily businesses alone, but organizations that are using these techniques with great success. It just needs to now be transferred over to the traditional for-profit and not-for-profit businesses. Hmm. It's a huge issue here in Australia too, getting staff, keeping staff. I was reading on a Facebook group yesterday that specifically for tradies that a carpenter was asking for 
$140,000 a year plus super plus a car. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and someone may have to afford that. And that comes yeah. back to profit first. If you have to pay your staff good money to keep them and, and hire well, then you've got to know your numbers and you've got to be able to make that work rather than just pay it and hope for the best because we know that doesn't That's work. Right. That's right. So, you know, I explored this too. And I think there's a missing opportunity for us employers with individuals. And uh, the analogy I used in the book is Eddie Van Halen. And I just use it because it's a common name and everyone, many people know him as a great guitarist. Mm. And if I had a band I was starting my business and said, hey, Eddie, you should be our guitarist. Chances are he's like, I'm already in a band, no effing way. B, your band was never at the level of mine, so no way. And C, if you want me, it's X millions of dollars. And similar to what we're doing as businesses, we're looking for the accomplished performer to bring them in because we're plug and play. But what if we approached Eddie Van Halen when he was 13 years old, when he was his first discovering the guitar? He said, hey, you want to join our band? What's the potential he joined? He wasn't in the band at the time. He might say, oh, I'll try it out. He may even want to say, hey, I'll cover my gas costs to get to you. Like, it's different. So Eddie Van Halen, before he becomes Eddie Van Halen, is very approachable. Of course, the question is, how do you know someone's going to become the Eddie Van Halen of the future? And it's all rooted in one finding potential. Potential is where we identify someone's strength and strengths before they've deployed them experientially. Mm -hmm. Someone that has curiosity, desire, ultimately thirst for something mm -hmm. has the greatest potential. And our job, I think, as employers is let's not pursue by default the experienced people. They're the minority and they're very, there's so much competition for them and everyone's trying to get Eddie Van Halen. Mm. Let's try to find the next Eddie Van Halen. And there's certain steps we can go through. But if you're looking for indicators of someone that's really thirsty, that is really insatiable in their curiosity, mm. you have a much likely, much greater likelihood you found Eddie Van Halen than if you're just bringing on someone on board that doesn't care about playing guitar and saying, start playing guitar. They're like, I don't really care. We have to seek thirst. And, um, that, I think, is the missing element for many businesses. Mm. And what I find here, too, with so many businesses, they can't afford the experienced person, but they don't have time to train the inexperienced person. Yeah, that's right. And so they right. end up stuck. And often that is because they don't know their numbers and they don't know how that's much right. time. I always say this to my clients. Everything comes back to knowing your numbers. It is the yeah. foundation of everything you do in your business. And once they nail that and once they get that sorted then they know that they can spend x amount of dollars for the more experienced person with comfort yep. and with certainty yep. or they know that they can you know they may be less productive on site because they're going to put that time into training that person yep. but it's yeah it's definitely a huge issue here and something that it's a bit of a catch-22 it's like we can't do that because of this because of this and it's like back to your numbers back to the financial foundations and get that sorted and then things will become easier. So looking forward to that book coming out. Will that be an audible version as well? Oh, of course. Of course. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. My tradies and love And there'll be bonus reading. content in that too when I do the reading. I already have it queued up. Oh, awesome. That's really good. Cool. I had asked my Facebook group. So I've got a Facebook group. We've got over 2,000 tradies and tradie partner and wives in there. And so I asked them a couple of questions to ask them to ask me some questions to ask you. And one of the ones was, what was your favorite story or one of your favorite stories of transformation from a Profit First client that you've received? It came out of Australia. 
I guess there's on the outskirts of Canberra, I think is a rural area. At least that's mm, what I understand. Yes. There was a husband and wife. This is years ago. He emailed me and they raise horses. I, I don't know if they're for work or for pleasure or for racing. They race horses. And they said their business revenue was great. There was no profitability. And they said, we deploy profit first and transform their business, which was wonderful. But then it was the backstory. And they said, we were on the verge of divorce. And if, if they can point to anything, they said it was because they were constantly arguing about the finances. Mm. I inferred had other challenges, but this was such a root cause until it was out of the way, they couldn't address things. And they said, since I'm going to for first, and they probably emailed me six months to a year after implementing it. They didn't send it that day. They said they were able to transform their marriage, that mm. they're, they're deeply involved in their relationship with each other again, that they've rekindled their love and affection for each other. And the business is healthy. It's one of my favorite stories because that's the stuff we don't talk about. We talk about, yeah, oh, I got more money. Um, that's wonderful. I think everyone should have wealth because I think then once that worries off our mind, it allows us to address probably the, not probably for me, surely the most important parts mm. of life, which is life itself, relationships, those elements. Mm. That's one of my favorite stories. I love hearing that and things like that. Yeah. And I see a lot of clients come to me when their partner or wife has just had a baby or is pregnant and they realize that time is precious and that they can't be arguing over money and that they need to do something about it. So I find that's one of the times where people reach out because they know that their kids will grow up in a flash and they just yeah. can't afford to be working six, seven days a week, 10, 12 hour days. So yeah, yeah that's a perfect example. Awesome. And one of the other questions that was posed was around if you have a business and you've been able to extract yourself from the business pretty much and you have managers in there, do you still take the owner's pay for yourself? Or oh, great question. Profit? Hmm. Yeah, great question. The puritanical, meaning the by the book version of of profit versus when you are no longer working in the business, it's only profit distributions because you're just an owner of the business. Now you need to define that. You know, what are the profit distributions you're expecting for yourself and so forth, but you don't take the compensation. Now there's structures when you have multiple partners and so forth, um, regardless of how you participate in the business, it may be more appropriate to take owner's compensation and profit you got to talk, consider the legal implications and so forth. And there's structures here in the U.S. where you absolutely need to take a, a version of salary to mm -hmm. reduce your tax consequences. So it'd be a foolish to not work in the business and, and then incur the tax consequences. So look at the legalese. Mm -hmm. But the puritanical method is if you're not in the business, it's profit distribution. In the book, for many businesses, as they grow in revenue, the owner ideally is less and less involved in the operations. In the beginning, it's necessary when it's your micro enterprise, but you get to a certain size, the best thing you can do for the business is get out of the business, mm. focus on strategy. I see a lot of businesses actually get hung up in their progress because the owner can't give up the reins. They mm. have to do the sales. I have to do something in the business mm. and they're not removing themselves to observe the business, see where things fall and then start strategically working on strengthening it. It's kind of like playing chess. You can't be a chess piece and play chess. You can be the chess master or you can be a chess piece. Mm. And uh, the owner who tries to do both will be stuck. In the beginning, you got to be a chess piece. But ultimately, you want to be the chess player and the compensation puritanically, again, 
shifts over to a profit distribution solely for the owner as opposed to compensation. Awesome. And the reason why I love this question, it was because it's a really great example of why it's really important to work with a certified profit first professional. Oh, you have you to can read the book and you can follow it and you can make huge gains. But as things are change or your business has some differences, we don't want you to stop. We want you to keep on going. And that's why it's so important. To that's right. That's absolutely right. So right. And there's a lot of residual consequences. Like the foundation is these percentages to different accounts, but how you deploy it, tax mm. consequences, all those things need to be considered. Mm. Yeah, awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. We are two minutes off time. So again, thank you for taking the time out of your day, Mike. It's very much appreciated. I just wanted to say, hopefully we'll see you out here soon. Potentially. Well, I'm returning yeah. spring. Our fall, I got to flip the terms, yes. Our, this spring. <laughs> I'm coming out in, in this spring and really looking forward to it. It's going to be October, I think, of 2023. Yes. Awesome. We can't wait. Thank you very much. Me too. Yeah. Be well. Finally. See you later. Bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Profit First for Tradies. If you want more, head over to profitfirstfortradies.com.au for the show notes and the links to today's free resources. And if you'd like to learn how to become a permanently profitable tradie and eliminate your cash flow problems, join us in the Profit First for Tradies Facebook group where I share tips, resources and trainings so you can save time, save money and save your sanity. You can learn more over at profitfirstfortradies.com.au. Catch you next time on the Profit First for Tradies podcast.